0: This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.
1: This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. All right, so the Knicks teased us. They, 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 they lulled us in. Gordon and I will explain what happened next. And we want to hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer at ESPNNY 98-7-FM. Along with Brian the Brain and Jake the Snake, we're here until Fred and Fitz time at midnight on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, is that you? Larry, what's going on? Everything is good, my friend. Everything is good, aside from the Nick game. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, we got one good quarter, right? We did, we did. And, and you know what, Gordon? Before we get to the obvious, let's let's, let's focus on some positive, shall we? Sure. Uh, I'm really more and more impressed with Obi Toppin. Right? You see how he's really, really physical. And and here's the the best thing I like about him is that he realizes the three pointer is not there yet. So he may go out there. He'll take one. If it doesn't go, he's going right to the basket. And he can get to the basket. He can get above the basket. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so I like that. And I also like that Quickly is starting to come back to the Quickly we saw last year. The two of them together, they're they're quite a dynamic duo.
0: Yeah. And if we're just talking about positives, I mean, how sensational is Derrick Rose? I Mm -hmm. mean, Derrick Rose... Uh, almost single-handedly. I mean, it was the whole bench unit, but, I mean, he was, he was the, the heart of that bench unit tonight, getting the Knicks back in this game. He has been sensational since they got him. It was a move at the time that seemed like, hey, it's worth a shot. No one, I don't even think the Knicks could have thought. Leon Rose could not have even imagined that it would have been
1: this good of a move because he has been absolutely sensational. He's been unbelievable tonight, 8 of 15, 6 of 8 from 3. And and that was the knock against him, Gordon, when he came back last season to the Knicks. He doesn't shoot the 3 very well. He did some work over the summer because he's really improved his 3-point shooting.
0: Yeah, and he was uh, a major a major uh, reason why the Knicks were able to have this run tonight to make it an interesting game. But unfortunately, one good quarter does not make up for three bad ones. <laughs> Especially
1: the third. And, yeah. you know, they just went through a period in that third quarter Gordon where it was like do you guys know how to play basketball (laughs) it couldn't do anything right nothing nothing And it felt like Tibbs was sending a message tonight yes he did you know it was like he
0: I think he wanted to win the game but he I think he was more intent on sending that message to his starters who he cannot be very happy
1: with with their performance tonight no he can't be and uh here's the other thing Gordon that that's really evident and here's where the negativity starts, right? It's, once again, defending the three is a mystery. It, it's, a, it's a rumor for this team right now.
0: Yeah, uh, and it's not just defending the three because it starts with them, the, the whatever opposing team being able to get in the lane, the Knicks collapse on that guy, and it just leaves shooters wide open. And that was the story tonight. So even when the Knicks are able to whittle down that deficit and get it to be a tie game – from that point on, be it Connaughton, be it um, who was the other kid that uh, Grayson Allen, oh. just na- I mean, just nailing three after three after three. I
1: mean, it was almost comical. It was, and it was the same play. Uh, you're going to double or triple team mm-hmm. Giannis. Yep. Okay, we're going go to go get the ball to the to the wings, and you're going to have to run to get there. And as long as they hit them, Gordon, they're going to kill you. And so you wonder if you're like. You know, okay, so like Giannis only had fifteen, so maybe we should like change the defense a little bit. Let Giannis score because they're killing us from three. Let's defend the three better because three is three is more than two, Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather get killed by the two with, with Giannis and then, you know, instead of getting the three. But listen, they they were so bad offensively and defensively in the third quarter. That's where they lost this game. This game was lost right then. Yeah, they, you, you could look at the plays and, all oh, the foul and they, the overturned call and then what happened after that. I get that. But they wouldn't have been in that position had they not just disappeared in that third quarter. Well, look, if you want to keep it on a positive note, yes. the Knicks
0: cannot get any worse at defending the three. Like, this will be the worst game. I mean, I can't imagine them ever being worse than this. The Bucks hit 26 three-pointers tonight and shot better from three than they did from two. From yeah. two, they shot 44%.
1: From three, they were at 52%. Because they were contested from two.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody, over, nobody over by them on the three-point line. That's for sure. Wow. I mean, uh, it was unbelievable.
1: And Connaughton is what Nick fans want Fournier to be. Yeah. Like the well, constant three, just hitting, right, that three. Yeah. He's hitting that three. But Fournier, is he's been up and down. Uh, Kemba's been up and down oh, offensively. Ken, I, I wouldn't even
0: know. I, you know, I was going to bring up to you tonight. I don't even know if Kemba's been up and down.
1: I mean, he's been disappointing so far. He has been. He has been. He had a couple of good games, a couple of good shooting games. But for the most part, he really has been. And tonight, one of seven, and he couldn't he couldn't buy a basket. He there's nothing he could do with it. It (laughs) One of seven for two points. (laughs) That's
0: it. And you know, look, and Kemba, when he's going well, he'll he'll provide value. But if he's Mm -hmm. not doing anything offensively, well, then there's no reason to be having him out there on the court.
1: Which is why Derrick Rose played 30 minutes tonight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: And, and why it's good to see quickly. I mean, quickly's needed now. Like, yes, we were yes. worried before of like, well, when Kemba plays well and Derrick Rose plays like Derrick Rose, if quickly struggles, he's not going to get these opportunities to play. He's not going to be able to get out of his funk that he's been in.
1: Well, he's gotten those opportunities, and uh, he, he was good tonight as well. Yeah, 18 points in 27 minutes for IQ. And, and Gordon, the swagger's back. From, from yes, back. absolutely. And that's the other thing you'd like to see: his confidence, his swagger's back, and he played pretty good defense too. But just the Gordon, just the just the frustration. My wife is like, "Will you be quiet?" I'm like, "No, they're not listening. They just keep shooting the wide open. There's nobody over there. Like, there's nobody on the wings. Gordon, there's nobody within And then somebody will just fly out at the last minute. Come on, you know better than that." Yeah.
0: It's almost like we should start a segment before every game that the Knicks play at home to pick out what guy who uh, is going to have like the night of his life. Now, yeah. you know, it wasn't a night of his life for Connaughton, like it was for for Rubio the other night, but mm-hmm. it feels like a, a consistent trend that whenever the Knicks are playing at home, there's some guy on the other team who, you know, you don't really expect to be putting up like monster numbers. Who puts up monster numbers? And the scary thing for me was. I mean,
1: there was no adjustment to Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen killed you just a week ago. Yeah, you would think that you would remember that, right? You know, you've got to have some adjustment with that. So, all right, here's, here's, a, here's another Nick loss at home, which is unnerving. They're playing well on the road. And, look, once again, Gordon, we will continue to say this out of the, in the spirit of Yogi Berra. It's still early. Uh, it's not getting late early yet, but soon it will be because you need to, you need to correct these problems because guess what? everybody's going to continue to do the same thing until you stop it,
0: yeah, uh and it doesn't really feel like it's it's moving in that direction right no, i mean it doesn't feel like no. uh it doesn't feel like they're they're making progress in any of these areas the defense you know there's some nights where they play well overall, but mm-hmm. it's uh it's very Jekyll or hyde it's very schizophrenic on on how they play and there's not a lot to um you can't bank on anything right now. You know? No. It's I mean, at least not on the defensive side of things, that's for sure.
1: Not at all. I, I not mean,
0: in a positive sense, I should say. Let's put
1: it that way. No, you're right. And Julius Randle, I mean, Gordon, he didn't play bad. Yeah. I mean, but but he didn't, you know, he wasn't he, Randall, I mean he got up no. to the early start. I mean, he was the guy that was really it was really just him scoring early. Uh Barrett chipped in a few. I mean, he only had nine points in twenty one minutes, but you know, like you said, Uh, this was a strong message sent by Thibodeau to the starting unit. Uh, You guys got to get better because otherwise you're not going to play. And, you know, we hear all this stuff about the coaches league. And listen, I will admit to you, the NBA is more of a coaches league than the NFL. That's for sure. But Gordon, the coach still still controls your playing time. And so they still have the last word on that. And that, is uh, I want to see how this starting unit responds with the next game uh, in Charlotte, which then they put up a lot of points as well. Gordon.
0: Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know if we'll have the cut because you'll have to edit it to do so. But uh, Tibbs was asked after the game about, you know, does it take just a while for these guys to gel? And he was he was not having any of it. He essentially said that it was BS, right? Like you say, mm-hmm. well, you give them 10 games, they need 20. You, need, you get 20, you need 30. Uh, so he's not buying that the, the starters and the new guys and, and you know, the new mix of guys that are the starters, that they need more time to gel. It's time to get moving here in the right direction.
1: Translation, when we hit the air tomorrow night, following, following Islanders Devils, Gordon, the Knicks will still be in Westchester practicing. <laughs> well, look, I mean,
0: he's, he's running all these – I'm sure he's like hammering it home. Maybe you have to find a different tact because it doesn't seem to be getting through right now. It doesn't well, you really seem the, like it is, there's any
1: real progress. Well, you know what the next step is? It's changing the lineup. Yeah. Th- that's going to be the next step. And it'll be interesting to see who's who's going to be who's going to have to sit and who's going to be in the starting rotation and and that's the next step. That's the next logical step. This was what you do is okay, you're not you're not understanding what we're working on. You're going to sit. And I'm telling you, uh quickly and rows continue to play the way they are, I can see uh Kimber getting less and less playing time or getting a shorter leash. If he doesn't get started early, I can see him sitting early.
0: Yeah. Uh look, I mean, after the some of the performances he's had so far this year, I can run through the game log. It can't get it can't get much worse than this. He yeah. he hit
1: one shot tonight and scored two points. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Your thoughts on the Knicks loss. One 919-3776. Also, we'll discuss. Gordon, uh, Robert Sala, listen to us. We're always here to help. He made it clear that Mike White will be the starter this weekend on Sunday. It's the right move. We'll hear from him. Uh, we're also you know, got a lot of things to talk about. And uh, Gordon, you were right. Mets still don't have another. Anyway. Not yet.
0: Have have. Let me ask you this. Yes. Have they contacted you yet? Have they got down that far on the list? Not that uh, you wouldn't be a, a great hire. You you know your baseball, but you know. I'm I'm getting the feeling that they're not going to hire somebody who um, is going to be like if we were to play a game after the season ended and I Uh and I knew the future Uh and I said to you, Larry, you tell me who's going to be the next GM. I feel like we'd be going a very, very long time before anyone really got the
1: right answer. Well, I will say this. That by mentioning me, you're on the right track because the leading <laughs> candidate hasn't been in the game in four years. <laughs> right. So <laughs> right. Think about how long you'd have to go. So, so you're on the right track because I yeah. haven't been in the game. I, I haven't been to the ballpark in four years right. since I was covering the team. So, look, well, I'm, I'm, I'm on the list. If this guy turns list. it
0: down, Larry, you might be you might be in the circle pretty soon. I
1: might be in the circle of trust. How about that? Never thought that I would find a way out.
2: Never thought
3: I hear my heartbeat so loud. Quickly. Finds Rose, left wing triple, nails it. Every single time you think, okay, Knicks could fade. Think again. They're back within one.
1: The Dawson tones of Ed Cohen with the call here on 987 ESPN. It's ESPN New York tonight. Hardesty and Damer until midnight here on 987. And Gordon, I tell you, that was that was the fourth quarter, right? It was Rose quickly. And Toppin dominating on the boards.
0: Yeah, they were fantastic, and it was electric. And it does. I felt like even Connaughton at one point was like noticing how loud and engaged the crowd was, Mm -hmm. which is just like off the charts. And you'd think if the Knicks are now going to be, and maybe this is not the time because this was a frustrating loss and a frustrating Mm -hmm. game, but you wonder how much that kind of energy feeds off on on opposing teams and people that might be interested down the road. I know that's not the time for that conversation, but it did strike me last night, uh, tonight rather, how loud that crowd was during that stretch in the fourth.
1: Listen, if you're an opposing player, that's your goal, right? To shut the crowd up. Yeah. You you, you hear them roll. Okay, time to shut them up. And – Here's the other thing. This has been a situation with with Milwaukee, because you know we're just nitpicking about what's going on with the Knicks. No pun intended. But uh, you know Milwaukee's struggling too. I mean, they've had a lot of issues where they've blown leads, much like what they had tonight, where they would have a big lead, but they go on this long stretch, and you know they've got injuries. You know Middleton's under COVID, and and uh, uh, Brook Lopez is out. You know, and he stretches the floor with threes and of that nature. So they're not you know they're not totally healthy and so they've been struggling as well and they they've seen this they've seen this act before so for them it was like conalton just said you know what not on my watch tonight i'm going to hit some threes and we're going to pull this one out
0: yeah he certainly did <laughs> he did yeah, indeed he could check that one off the list
1: yes he did let's go to the phones one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. 919 3776 david's in the car hey david you're up first on espn new york tonight
4: hey good evening gentlemen hey david uh Hey, I just uh, was at the game tonight. I wanted to share with you guys a few quick observations. Um, you look at this team, I think they're lacking in identity. I think uh, compared to last year through 10 games, I think they were 5-5. Five and five. This year we're kind of right there. But the way we're losing games, these kind of wide points, uh, the huge swings, uh, the starters who just seem to be checked out, I think it goes back to the lack of identity for this team, his defensive identity. And, and the last thing I'll leave you with, um, having been to many of games over the years, uh, the crowd is as engaged as I've ever seen in, in the past 20 years for sure. And they were just itching for something to, to latch onto and to cheer on. And, and we did our best. Um, but when you give up 26 three-pointers, it doesn't matter who you're playing uh, you're not going to win too many games. So I'm just really concerned because I, I think last year when you looked at it, we were in every game because we played tough nose ball defense. We saw the next pass when they were whipping it around. Uh, I, don't, I don't really see that with this group of Knicks. So I think they're on a very slippery slope, and I can see them falling behind 516s on the 500 if they don't, if they don't adopt some sort of identity. Thanks, guys.
1: All right, David. Uh, thanks for the phone call. Gordon, the identity of this team is supposed to be their defense. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's supposed to be the identity. Now yep. you understood that it was gonna take a little beating because you have more offensive guys, and Gordon, it's just a matter of them uh doing better. It's two things they gotta do better defensively. And and it's glaring. Control the penetration going into the lane, and 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 you know, close out on the three. Those are the two major things that they have to do. And They need better shot selection. You don't have to take a three every time down court.
0: No, but, I mean, when the other team is hitting 52% of them, that's, uh, I think that, you know, usually when you say live by the the three, die by the three, it's the threes that you make or miss. Tonight, it was you were dying by the three because the other team just kept hitting them and hitting them and hitting them, Mm -hmm. so... Uh, no, you're right. I mean, they have to uh, they have to figure out a way to uh, to do those two things better, uh, and they don't have a lot of time to. You know, the games just keep coming, right? They're back yeah. in action on Friday. I think they get the weekend off, and then I think they play Monday again. So, uh, no, they got they got a short time to to figure these out. But I mean, at least the one thing is, it's not like anybody's sitting here and saying, "Yeah, I don't really understand why they're losing these games." <laughs> we, we, we understand why they're losing
5: these games.
1: We got it. It's clear. Yeah. James is in Ridgewood. He's next on 98.7. What's up, James?
5: Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. So, you know, I I don't understand why everyone is, like, talking negative and stuff. It's like we have potentially the best team that we have had in multiple decades, and I love what Tibbs did tonight. He keeps the bench out there because they're hot and they're playing and keeps the starters on the bench. It's like we got to let the entire team – get into the game and experience these types of games against Giannis against the Bucks. We're going to need these guys in the playoffs. I don't understand why everyone gets so upset after a loss. We're playing a great team. They won the championship last season. Let's just focus on piling up certain strategies, certain things that we can build upon. You know, once we get once we get to the playoffs, we're going to be fine. We have one of the bench best benches in the entire league. I think we're going to be fine. I don't
1: understand the negatives every day. Uh, Gordon, you are you want me first?
5: <laughs>
0: uh,
1: you go ahead, Larry. You take it. All right, James. They were down twenty six points in the third quarter. You were at the game, right?
5: Yes, I was at okay. the game. But you're at the, the game. You saw they the were down. Hold on, hold on, James. Hold they, on. They, they won the championship.
1: But this isn't. But this is not. This team Please. is not healthy. No, this is this not is the not full the team, team that won the championship. Right. And you were down 26 points. You looked awful offensively and defensively. I get it. If you're missing some shots, it happens. But this team's identity was their defense, and their defense has been very bad so far. Go ahead, Gordon. Yeah, I would just say, James,
0: have you met Nick fans before? I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, uh, you were at the game. You were sitting around them. I would assume this is not the first game you went to. I mean, they – Look, Nick fans have been our, our, our fever pitch at all times. And now they feel like, and rightfully so after last year, that things are heading in the right direction. So they feel like last year was the jumping off point and that that's the floor. And anything below the floor is completely unacceptable. So when you start off the season... Winning four of your first five, and now you're sitting at seven and five. And it's not so much this game tonight. If this game in a vacuum, I think you could deal with it, right? Because, mm-hmm. look, the Bucks are, are really good. They shot 52% from three. You could live with it. But it's the Toronto loss. It's the Magic loss earlier in the year. It was the Cleveland loss. So, you know, and it's these, these consistent themes of the defense. The one thing you thought you could count on not being very good. In fact, it's bad.
1: <laughs> it's and, really and, bad. And nothing's changing. No. And that's the frustrating thing for you. And, you know, what's funny is you thought from the offensive side, Gordon, that once you got a point guard, that the offense would kind of flow a little easier, right? And so you're seeing with with Kimber – and look, we understand that it takes time with new people. you got to put them in place and build chemistry and get all that. You know, we, we understand that. But But you're looking for, you know, things to change. You're looking for, okay, this happened here. Okay, we got it. Okay. Now how do we correct it? And it's just, it very simply, it's just how we look at quarterbacks, right? We look at young quarterbacks. What, how do you judge them? That they get better and they don't make the same mistake over and over and over again. And unfortunately uh, this veteran Nick team, and you know, you got veterans on here. The starters are not rookies, <laughs> Gordon. Yeah, no. The starters have, have, have been, have got some legs uh, in this league and you know, they're, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing defensively. And that's, that that's not going to cut it with tip, with Thibodeau. There's no question about it.
0: No. I mean, he's already
1: he's already at the end of the rope. <laughs> right? We're 12 games in and he's
0: already ticked off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, he was ticked off night 1.
0: You know, because yeah. cause
1: that's him. To have to go double overtime with Boston because you blew a lead. Listen, he was already ticked off, but you understand it because and and for James, here's the other thing. You know, the the level of expectation changes.
0: Oh, absolutely. As you mentioned, Gordon, I mean, this absolutely. was a team,
1: you know, we, we, we expect this team, like you said, you started out 5-1, and one, okay? We expect them to build momentum and start rolling and get on a roll and maybe you know, put string some wins together. Of course mm-hmm. you're not going to win all the games. We get that. Even, even, even us Duran's Nick fans understand that. They're not going to win all of them. But the whole thing was, Gordon, to be in all these games. And so when you look at the little things that are happening here, that's what's messing them up, and it has to be corrected. And I think it will be corrected. It's just frustrating to watch the process, right? Because <laughs> you want yes. the process to just get going.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and look, the Nick fans waited a very long time to, to root for a good team, and you thought coming into the year that this team was going to take the next step, and they have not taken that step yet. So, yeah, they there's really going to be it. frustration, of
3: course.
1: No question about it. <laughs> This is
0: ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Dahmer.
1: Wednesday night edition of the show. Thanks for stopping by at 1-800-919-3776. We're here till midnight. Then Freddie and Fitz will continue the conversation about things going on in the world of sports. Right now we're focusing on the Knicks, but you can weigh in on the Mets. You can weigh in on the Jets, the Giants, whatever you want to talk about. Gordon and I are here for you. This is our time when we, before we come on, come into the studio. Gordon and I have a nice cup of tea, nice calming cup of tea. We put on our white jackets, and we dust the couch off for you to come and vent about your frustrations—be with the Knicks and their lack of defense, be it with the Mets and their lack of lack of management, be it with the Jets and their lack of quarter, consistent quarterback play. Whatever it is, the tag team doctors of Hardesty and Damer are here for you. Well,
0: that's what we're here for, Larry. We bring people
1: together. And you, nobody brings people together like you. That's what I'm all about, Larry. You know me. I know. I know. And and I watch it every day. It's amazing what you've done. It's amazing. Let's <laughs> go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Hey, Coach Spike, you're next. Well, trying to put this in
6: perspective, and I have to invoke my age. I've probably been to, I don't know, between watching, listening, and being over 1,000 games, over 5,000 Knit games. And I'm invoking the great radio legend from Union, New Jersey, who's a dear friend of mine and yours, Larry, and you followed Gordon. And if uh, he was still employed, I would make an old-time reference, my father always said. I would probably call him at 540 in the morning and tell him that the Knicks didn't give a tinker's damn about defense in the third quarter. And for those of you who don't know what that is, Google it, and I'll tell you, fellas, it's a worthless plumber's tool. And you know what you do in a plumber's tool?
1: You clean Mm -hmm. the
6: toilet. Yes. I have never seen worse defense in my life. Never. I won't even bother. You know, I love breaking down games. I can't tell you, Larry, and and my nephew, if he's listening or preparing tomorrow's sandwiches, (laughs) I I'll tell you, I can't stand lax defense and I've never seen it worse. As they pleased. No resistance, nothing. The run backwards to me, the run into it and getting the crowd excited, that young fellow who called, God bless him. It's meaningless to me. There was never a point of time I'd ever I don't care about the, the call they changed. They weren't getting back into this game. You can't play defense This is a depleted team. I know they were champions. You should have let Giannis just go down and stuff the ball every time and pick up a point and a shot selection. And and that's about as bad of a quarter I have seen in all my life by this team. This interested in guarding anybody. Larry, how many times have we talked about going under the screens? They couldn't (laughs) even get near the door, let alone the screen. (laughs) You're right. I mean, this was abominable. And you know what? Thibodeau, I say it all the time. He's a great practice coach. He's not a great in-game coach. Really he wasn't a good in-game coach. He kept the subs in there. I don't know why, because they were hot. And the other guys, previous score said, they showed they were disinterested. I know they had a champion team coming in. But I'll leave you with this. And I'll listen to the stream. Hopefully other people will vent. I'd love to hear both of your opinions. I know you've watched fewer games, Gordon, based upon your age. i gathering gathering you around 50. I love being the really young guy anywhere it,
0: these days, Spike. <laughs> anywhere I can go where I'm the youngster, I'm all for it.
6: Yeah, well, I'd like to hear the recap on that third quarter from my two buddies here and the rest of the guys who are calling I don't know what to come out with this game. There's no positive. Cutting that lead was meaningless to me. Am I wrong?
0: I don't know if that is meaningless. I mean, any time that you can have the bench get out there and and, and you see OB taking strides forward and and you see how good the bench has played and and they played well tonight and Derek Rose and to make a bit of a run, I don't know that it's meaningless. To me, the, the, the bigger takeaway is the message, hopefully, that finally gets through to the starters. Because you know, well, you got two obviously, kids starters. was sending a message to them that they weren't getting back in the game because they did nothing when they
6: were out there. Well, you got two new starters. To me, I call them, you know, uh, the, the, the newbies. Just mm-hmm. collectively, uh, they they don't play a lick of defense. No, they don't. Not a lick. They're Not don't. a lick. And Barrett plays defense. Mitchell Robinson, you know, he blocked a few shots. But I, that third quarter, I won't even look at the box score. My eyeballs are my old age. It's, my eyes are still good. That's one part that's good on me. I can't believe it. I can't believe how they allowed this team, whatever the number is, 50-something percent. And, and I'm talking about uncontested shots. Wide open. That's that, terrible, terrible. Boys, have a good evening, and maybe the next game will be better.
1: All right, Spike, take care. Spike is taking this like he's Thibodeau's yeah. assistant. Like <laughs> at
0: the end of the <laughs>
6: he's season. He's upset. <laughs> I did do
0: some math during the break there, Larry. I figured mm-hmm. out that Kemba so far this year is now a minus 66. Ooh. Wow. You don't have to be a new age stat guy to know that that's bad.
1: No, that's real bad. Yeah. That's real bad. And he, and he sat bad. out a game. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Which only It could be worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was, he was better. he yeah. had better stats when he was out. <laughs> <It> would, yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh is in Mayo Pack. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Josh?
7: you all. Great show going on tonight. Um, Just want to weigh in on a little bit of the Knicks game. Uh, Long life fan. More into it as well. My takeaway from the game is Kemba Walker should quickly relay off the last conversation. You need to bring that guy in for two, three-minute spurts. You cannot leave that guy on the floor for too very long. This guy's a defensive liability. You're talking about plus minus guys minus 60, 60 plus. Yeah. That's just not allowed on the on the floor, let alone a Thibodeau defense. Um, but the point I wanted to make on my initial call was relating the New York Knicks team currently to the 2016 Warriors. 2016 Warriors, is the 73-1 team, should not every single team just like Moneyball, in a sense. I, I'm talking a little bit more, but look at this team as being like, all right, let's let's base this off this. You have a point guard shooter, let alone, all right, it's he's, he's, he's all time. All right, diminish that a little bit, put that into another position. Shooting guard, small forward, so on. You have a center position that's floatable. Defense on the inside, rebounding, essential. Get it to your shooters. I, I, I like the, how the officiating has changed. I like how defense is more efficient nowadays. I had a conversation with my friend tonight. And it's been run out for a minute. I say Carmelo Anthony's a better scorer than James Harden. Listen, it's, it, 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 it's been said by myself. I, I believe in it as a basketball head. I've been around the game for a minute, but my whole thing is I think the New York Knicks should start looking at what's been done before and what's been championship ridden. You know, you got, look at the Toronto Raptors, a team that's not, they're an Eastern Conference team. They weren't expected to get there. They got a guy that's a superstar in his position. You take that up. You got a little bit lesser in the point guard position, but he makes plays. He's a leader. You know, things like this matter. And especially for this Knicks franchise, I love the coaching. I love the culture. I'm going to get back to the hard-nosed gritty defense. Let the offense play. You know, let's see how they go. I love R.J. Barrett. He's our guy. This guy is proven that he's better pick right now than zion williamson i'm willing to make that conversation right now thank you all very right, much
1: for the con- you guys all right thanks for checking in look I, they may do that i mean this is just the beginning gordon has said this from last season and he's right on point they're just beginning this rebuild so they yeah. will continue to adjust and tinker you know and listen just because some of these guys are here gordon <laughs> by the trade deadline if it's not working out they could easily be moved there's not, oh. there's not a bunch of long-term contracts here. No,
0: Yeah, I mean, look, at some point the Knicks will jump, and, and, and when there's a superstar available, and you, you bring up Zion, I mean, with what's going on with the Pelicans, yeah. I mean, it's only a matter of time before he wants it. Mean, I mean, he might already want out. I mean, they're, yeah. they're now 1-11 on the season
1: he hasn't played at all
0: no he hasn't played so and don't uh, look like
1: he could <laughs>
0: no no it does not so that's a whole mess of a situation uh look I, you know you guys got to keep some things in perspective i you know this nick team was you know coming off of 41 from last year you were not you don't get to start over at that point you got to start mm-hmm. all over again so yeah. and and this is a new team with different parts and it's got to I'm not telling you that the, the, the two main parts that you brought in, that there's not reason to be concerned, but you're sitting at seven and five, you know, you're not five and seven
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it almost feels like Nick fans are like, there's, there's like this cold dose of reality that, yeah, it starts all over again. And, and And they went from like the third best defensive team last year to a bottom five defensive team. They got to improve that. It's not, it's not complicated.
1: It's not. And other teams have also improved in your conference. Right. I mean, look at look at the Wizards now.
0: Yeah,
1: and look at Cleveland who just who you just saw. Nobody expected Cleveland to be playing like this. I mean, this is this is a tough. Gordon, this conference is comparable to the West, right now. It's comparable to the West. I mean, look look at what Chicago's doing.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, a, it's a much and we deeper even... conference than it's been in a while. Yeah, and we
1: haven't even talked about we haven't even mentioned Brooklyn.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> Bro- Bro- Brooklyn to me is in another stratosphere. Like exactly the, the, for the next, you're not really worried. I mean, you're worried about Bucks tonight because you played the Bucks tonight. Mm-hmm. But you know those teams, you're, you're kind of more focused on the, the teams that you're matched up with. And and look, there's not. I'm not telling you there's not reasons to be concerned, but. You know, we're talking about this team improving, that team improving. Look how much the Knicks improved last year. You got to yeah. give them a little bit of – got to give them a little road to kind of figure this out. It's frustrating, especially with the performance in the third quarter tonight and, and really the first three quarters overall. But, um, you know, I, I have faith that, that Tibbs is going to get this
1: straightened away before too long. And we get it. The frustrating part is you just beat this team last week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's it. You're like, okay, we just beat them. But remember, you beat them on their floor. They had a similar lead as they had tonight – And you came back and beat them. So, clearly, they were going to do their best to get some revenge tonight. And they came in and, you know, you helped them out a lot. (laughs) You helped them out with a brutal third quarter. But you know what you do? You go, you look at the video, you make the corrections, and you go back out there and you know what you say? All right, we got to do better when we play Charlotte. And they probably will because they're going to Charlotte. So, you know, they seem to play well on the road. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, and again, like we brought up before, it's not a mystery of what you need to improve. No, it's clear. <laughs> it's not, nobody's sitting and have wow, you know, I can't figure out why this is not clicking. It's pretty obvious why it's not clicking.
1: So you know what, Gordon, there's certain songs that get Mungia going. This yeah. is one of them. Is it? Really? Oh, no, you can see him. You should see what he's doing in the studio right now. This.
0: I can only imagine. Wow. Oh, man. I don't know.
1: He a little woo in the background, too? Yeah. Oh, I got uh-huh. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's him. He loves this. He's, oh, he's very uh, melodic. Yeah. Well, you know. He's got talent. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Freddie and Fitz at the top of the hour. Go back to the phones. Buddha is in the Bronx. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Buddha?
2: Hey, my guys. What's going on? Buddha. You know, a lot of times when we look at our teams uh, or just the teams around us in general, you know, I'm not a Knicks fan, so, you know, I I see it, like, from a different, like, perspective. I I see three, like, distinct personnel situations that are going on with the Knicks that uh, prevent them from getting, you know, to where they need to be. Because obviously you want to be better than last year. Um Backcourt situation, uh, with Kimber, Kimber at his best was never a good defender. So in his advanced stage of his career, that's not going to improve. You can't start him and Fournier. That, that That's number one. Um, Obi Toppin, um, I don't know who they could get to work with him, but they need to get a retired small forward who, you know, was, was able to create their own shot to work with him because the minute that he goes from being a novelty to being a core part of your rotation, it'll be better off for the Knicks. You know, um, he has a lot of talent, but he still is not able to create his own shot. He's um, still dependent, you know, on, on the guards to make a play for him. And thirdly, you know, and I don't know why people don't see this one. Uh, I mean, a lot of times we like to overrate our own players. Maybe I'm a Jets fan. I see it all the time with Makai Beckton. I mean, you know, Jets fans try to act like he's um, Jonathan Austin, which is not. You know, but um, Mitchell Robinson, you get him going for a 10 to 15-game stretch where he can stay on the court. And I got to shop him. I really do because... The kind of defender that he is, to me in this modern days NBA, is sort of useless. He's a, a rim protector in a league where everybody's perimeter. You know, the kind of defender that the Knicks need is at that two guard position. You know, specifically back to like I was talking about Fournier. I mean, he needs to be a six man type of player, instant offense off the bench. The Knicks need a two guard who can defend the elbow and can defend the three-point line. I mean, that's where their defense is deficient. And, you, you know, when you got an Irons Noel and you got Mitchell Robinson, i got to make a choice between those two guys. They're both hurt all the time. But when it comes to Noel, I'll say that he has a more diverse package in terms of who he can defend as opposed to Mitchell Robinson. When you see them play teams that have that big man that can stretch the floor, I mean, Mitchell Robinson is absolutely useless, and um, you know that, that's kind of what they're going to have to work on. It's not disaster mode, like you said, going there's seven and five. But see, what they have to decide, and this is going to be determined on who's going to be available, is are we going to tweak our team so we can get to win a round, or possibly get to a second round and possibly win a second round? Or are we going to tweak our team to where we're going for it all? Now, depending on who's going to be available, that's going to depend on that. But the tough call is going to be, what are you going to do with quickly? Because quickly, Rose and Kimba, there's going to have to be a tough choice made. Then.
1: Well, you make some interesting points, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. The big problem with uh, Robinson and Noel is they both hurt so often. Yeah, they're always you, yeah, you, you, they're you, almost like one guy, one. right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> if you have one, you don't have the other. Yeah, you know, so so that's the big problem there. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting because I, I just think what eventually is going to happen is that uh, Kimba's not until he, you know, finds a way to offset what he gives up defensively, Gordon, by giving you some more offense. I just think he's, he's not going to play that much. You can't play him. You yeah. can't give him a bunch of minutes. You're gonna have more minutes for Rose and more minutes for Quickly until you find a way to, uh, you know, get him going. I don't want to sound like, uh,
0: you know, Mister Panic or whatnot. And I know it's only twelve games. And I'm trying to keep it in perspective, but it, it does make you kind of worry that, you know, maybe Kemba's, maybe Kemba's kind of washed. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. man. I, like he's had yeah. a decent, you know, a couple decent games here or there, but. When he don't have it, man, he don't have it. And uh, tonight he certainly did not have it. And that was like – that was supposed to be like the big acquisition, right? That was what was going to take you from where you were to – and it's not like you didn't – I know we we all kind of joked about Alfred Payton and Alfred Payton and Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton at least did what he was supposed to, you know. Like defensively, he could at least man the position. And now you've gone from and and, and I'm not saying I want Alfred Payton back. Don't I don't want to make it sound like that. But mm-hmm. it, it's like you're not really getting anything of value out of the position right now with what Kemba's bringing you.
1: No, you really aren't, and uh, it's hurting you. It's hurting yeah. you. Yeah, it really is. Uh, let's go to Sam in San Antonio. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.
3: What's going on, gentlemen? How you doing tonight? I hope all is well with you guys. Uh, before I make my point, I just got to give him my props to—I forget his name—but the gentleman answering I was screening the calls today. He's always a pleasure to speak with, so I just wanted to give my props to him as well. Um, Larry. Yes. So for over the last la- over the last twenty years, I always make one demand of you, which is to talk me off the ledge when it comes to the Mets. Tonight, mm-hmm. I'm going to actually, in addition to that, ask for a second one. All right, is that cool? Mm-hmm. Real quick. Sure. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So. um... When that clown show in Queens gives you a call to take their GM position, I'm going to give you a call, and please, uh, I, I hope you would offer me a job because I think we would be – can you guys explain something to me? This is a, a general manager position. There's only 30 of them in the world in one of the premier cities in the world. Can someone explain to me what's going on? They can't even get anyone to interview. I just find a problem with that. You know What's going on? is it, It's something in that organization, Larry. Why are we fans at this point? And you know I'm still always going to call every single uh, baseball season. It's still, you know, I bleed orange and blue. You know that, as do you. But what is it about this organization that we can't even get someone to interview for a spot
1: now? The word is out on the organization, Sam. That's what Gordon and I have been talking about for the past week. It's the unbelievable. Word is out. Like, the word is out. There's no question. Yeah, like what? Like what you guys? I
3: forget if you guys mentioned it or if uh, the Michael shell earlier mentioned it, but the fact that uh, some of the organizations are not giving them permission is kind of like code for that specific person telling his own organization don't give them permission. Right. So I don't even have yeah. to tell them no. Yeah. Like they're not even like, they're not even taking phone calls now. <laughs> like do they like when an interviewee comes in? Do they like boo them as they're greeting? <laughs> like this is something really off now. 30 positions in the world, and it's a multi million dollar job with one of the richest men in the world. I just can't put my finger on it, gentlemen. So, well, Larry, I don't once think again, it's... you're successful in the.
0: Yeah, Sam. I don't think it's probably one specific thing, but I think the owner plays into it. I think the fact that the uncertainty about Degrom next year probably plays into it. Maybe the roster not being as you know, maybe as close to winning as maybe we think that they are you know plays what?
3: part of it. You're absolutely right, Gordon. You're absolutely right about that. There's no doubt there's so many things wrong with the team. But just, just the root of it all, my point is that you, don't, you there's not even one person out there that's willing to say, that's you know strange. what, I can come slay this. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. They can't yeah. even get someone to fill out an application. <laughs> I,
0: I, I saw that's the strangest headline that I've seen about the Mets, and it was from the Post, and it was that the Brewers president, David Stearns, might be in play for the Mets next year. That was one of the people they wanted to <laughs> talk to this year. We're already looking ahead to next year? I mean, we, we can't do something Michael about this year's already Michael gone?
1: K? Yeah, because they figure Sandy's going to run it this year. And, you know, then maybe oh after, after he God. messes up, they'll, they'll, be, they'll bring somebody in with the idea of Gordon, we're not going to be, not going, nobody's going to be hiring anybody in the month. Because this sounds like major you league when they're like bringing in people from the California penal league.
0: Hey, Hey it's Lou true. Brown, you want to manage the Indians this year? I don't know.
1: That's the Mets GM job. They're going to get Lou check. Brown at a tire world. Let me check my schedule. No, nah, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tied up. I can't do it this year. It is, it is. And it's so many things. It's, it's, it's how they run things. It's the it's the um, you know it's the lineup. It, it's the roster. It's a, it's a bunch of things. It's a bunch of things. But the scary thing for me is that you're looking at people who are number two or three in other organizations, and they still don't want to leave. No. To be the top spot over here.
0: Weird. Very weird. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.